Have you talked to Randy since last week? Yeah, I talked to him. Um, I talked to him yesterday. Okay. Yeah, you know about the law firm, don't you? No. Yeah, the law firm is, has dissolved, and they're reforming under a new name. I didn't know nothing about that. What is that? Yes, because of all the negative publicity and all the stuff they're going through. I hate they having to go through all that. You know, I suspect when the time is right and the things that, that you acknowledge, uh, I think opening up about it to the general public. Because that's why there's a lot of people that just think that you're trying to dump everything. That was Alex Murdoch speaking to his brother, John Marvin Murdoch, as he found out their family's law firm was dissolving. A storied firm, founded by their great-grandfather in 1910, had ditched the Murdoch moniker and regrouped under another name. Everyone wanted to distance themselves from Alex Murdoch, the once prominent trial attorney whose precipitous fall from grace had landed him in the Richland County Jail. A double murder investigation that had captivated the Low Country, alleged drug trafficking, and myriad other scandals threatened to topple the legal dynasty his family built in South Carolina. It would be nice to get out for a little while and then go deal with this stuff, but I look at it as every day I'm in here now is one less day I'm in here in the long run, you know? Well, you know what, that's, that's, that is the fact. I mean, the fact is, every time there's a new, you know, a new case that comes up, a new, you know, revelation of, you know, something you took, both, those same people very, very quickly are going to the, um, they're being subpoenaed to the state grand jury. So, I mean, it's just, you know, there's going to be more to come. Obviously, you know that. Right. And so, you know, you're right about that. Just, I mean, but the quicker that it all can come to a head, the better, obviously, I think. That January call was one of dozens recorded by officials at the Alvin S. Glenn Detention Center and released to the media after Murdoch was first jailed there last October. Taken together, the hours of audio offer unparalleled insight into Murdoch's life behind bars, from his relationships with his closest relatives to his views on the sprawling criminal investigations that accelerated his personal unraveling. The Murdoch jailhouse tapes raised questions about Murdoch's efforts to get his eldest son, Buster, readmitted into the University of South Carolina's law school. They stoked concerns that the Murdochs were taking steps last fall to shield their considerable fortune from his alleged victims and other creditors who seek to drain it. The tapes also injected a dose of humanity into a story of monsters and villains. They showcased Alex Murdoch's distress, missing birthdays and family get-togethers, his efforts to ensure flowers were placed on Paul and Maggie Murdoch's graves on special dates, and his concern for Buster. Buster, you need to get ready for this law school now, okay? I understand. I mean, you got to really buckle down, and you got to—I mean, you got to treat it like a job. You're gonna have to read these cases two and three times if you don't fully understand them. I mean, you're gonna have to treat it like a job. I understand. You promise? Yes. Because you know there's not going to be another chance. I know. But now, the tapes have mysteriously dried up. Richland County insists Murdoch hasn't made any non-legal calls from the jail since June 19th. Three months after Murdoch's last recorded phone call, the Post and Courier reviewed the tapes, 
obtained via open records requests, to assess what they taught us about the people at the center of the Murdoch saga. The national media descended on South Carolina's rural southern corner last summer as news broke of the gruesome double murder of Alex Murdoch's wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, outside the family's Colleton County hunting lodge. Liz Farrell, an editor for Fitz News at the time, sought the tapes. A reporter of 23 years, Farrell knew Murdoch's jailhouse calls could shed more light on his experience behind bars and keep attention on his case. Farrell filed a Freedom of Information Act request. Richland County officials turned over a batch of records. Farrell and Mandy Matney, who co-founded the Murdoch Murders podcast together, spent hours studying the audio. On February 23rd, they published their first of several episodes with excerpts from Murdoch's calls and their own analysis. Their reporting sparked a frenzy. Reporters from a host of other outlets filed their own requests seeking the same records. But soon, Murdoch's defense team would move to shut it all down. The tapes showed Murdoch's early optimism about a quick release from the county jail. In conversations with relatives, he spoke with fascination about his lawyer's motions and appeals. He had plans for when he got out. That quickly changed. The lawsuits and the criminal charges rained down. They alleged Murdoch, then the only known person of interest in the murders of his wife and son, had spent the past decade stealing nearly $8.8 million in legal settlements and fees from his legal clients, law partners, and others who trusted him. Later, he would be charged with money laundering and drug trafficking. Murdoch's appeals for release would fall on deaf ears as he became one of the most notorious criminal defendants in South Carolina history. As his outlook grew more pessimistic, the fourth-generation scion of a powerful family of lawyers adapted to life in the Richland County Jail. In calls, Murdoch pestered relatives to put money in his canteen account and even into other inmates' accounts so he could bypass the facility's $60 per inmate limit and stock up on beef sticks, crackers, ibuprofen, and other jail spoils. Hey, uh, sorry to bug you again real quick. Um, hey, where's no Larry? Um, she's back at the house, which I just left. Okay, how about call her and tell her I'm trying to get her? Okay, what do you need from her? I need her to put some money on a canteen. All right. Actually, you know what? I'll call her again. I called her twice. No. Get... What? I'll, I'll, I can shoot her a buzz. I just, I just got to do it while I'm right here at the, at the Exxon because if I go any further, I'm not going to have any service. Well, see, there's a guy who doesn't get canteen, and canteen is the commerce. I know what it is. You know, I mean, it's, it's the commerce. It's the trade. And it really helped me last week when she put it on that Lucas's account. And I want her to do that one more time. Okay, it's just outside looking in looks a little weird. What do you mean? It just looks a little weird. He told family members he had begun exercising for the first time in 25 years. He played chess and checkers to pass the time. He complained about the jail's understaffing, which caused lockdowns and other inconveniences, and its bland food. No, we went to Weed Inlet Kitchen, and they all got um, 
fried seafood platter, and I got shrimp and grits. Oh, good deal. I could go for some of that. I promise you that after this shit I've been eating. <laughs> I bet. Hey, well, let me tell you this. You remember I told you a long time ago, I said, there's no way I'm ever going to eat this shit. You eat it now? Oh, I mean, I'll tear it. I, I, I still can't eat all of it, but there's some things that they have, I'll tear it up. I mean... I tear it up, and I'm thinking to myself, I know this is not as good as I think it is right now. You know, hunger, hunger is a is a is a great equalizer for chefs. <laughs> not that there's any chefs here. Murdoch would ask his oldest son, Buster, how the Gamecocks, Cowboys, and Braves were playing. He learned about family trips and gatherings secondhand, and relished any contact from the outside world. Hey, I hit nine out of eleven games on um, Sunday on the pro games. Well, I missed good. the Eagles and I missed the Steelers. The Eagles were three and a half point favorites over the Giants, and they lost. And the Steelers were four and a half point underdogs to the Bengals, and they lost by twenty. But I hit nine out of eleven. That's pretty damn hard. I won like six suits, four B sticks. A uh, bunch of crackers, cookies, you know, a bunch of canteen shit. Well, that's good. There was like 13 I was playing. Everybody put in something, you know. Right. I won 13 things. So, anyway, how you doing? The bulk of Murdoch's calls went to Buster. Their conversations often went from small talk to substantive matters, such as Buster's return to USC's law school. Buster had been kicked out of law school for plagiarism, according to the Wall Street Journal. Murdoch's calls revealed for the first time the family had paid a well-connected Columbia lawyer, Butch Bowers, around $60,000 to help secure Buster's readmittance. All right, get a good night's sleep. Did you get back from the day? No, no, I was checking my email all day today. I emailed him at the beginning of this week, and I haven't, I haven't heard back. I, I emailed him, and I... And I Hold on, you did what? I emailed him and I cc'd the associate dean, and I haven't heard heard back yet. Okay, if you don't hear today, this is Monday. He did it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tomorrow, you might just shoot a follow up. Tomorrow. And um, and if I don't hear, if I don't hear from him, I might get in touch with Butch to see if you can if you can call him and say that I've been trying to get in touch with him. All right. Is Butch paid all the money that he was owed? Yes. Okay. Up front, and he it, 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 it was up front, and it was it was thirty grand up front and thirty. I know mean, he was contingency on if it was successful. I'm just making sure I don't want to call him if he got have the shit he has. He's supposed to have. Nah, he 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 knows he's totally paid. I mean, would he be willing to do something like that? You think? Absolutely. But I would do it yourself first. I'd just say, hey, just following up. Yet, as the spring 2022 semester approached, Buster spotted the school was in doubt. Murdoch repeatedly pushed his son to contact the school's new dean, William Hubbard, to get the matter squared away ahead of the first day of class in early January. But these plans fell through, and Buster would not attend. At times, Murdoch seemed aware his calls were being monitored. He asked relatives for favors in vague terms. In a December call, John Marvin told his brother he didn't like discussing certain things over the phone. In talks with his brothers, Murdoch expressed remorse that the saga had besmirched his former law firm, colleagues, and friends. 
Murdoch's younger brother urged him to come forward and to admit to wrongdoing when state investigators uncover it. Farrell and Matney heard it all, studying the tapes multiple times over as they prepared their reports and podcasts. But Murdoch's defense attorneys had heard enough. They filed a federal lawsuit seeking to stop the county from releasing any more of their clients' calls. They argued releasing the tapes was an unprecedented breach of Murdoch's privacy and a violation of the federal government's wiretapping law. A federal judge later shot down the lawsuit and the tapes began to flow again. Farrell and Matney say the tapes show how manipulative Murdoch can be. The records featuring Murdoch pestering his relatives for favors, including filling his canteen account and running errands for him outside the jail. But they were surprised at how the tapes humanized the family, especially Buster. In several of the calls, Murdoch and his brothers discussed their concerns for Buster and surprised at how the rest of the family had been dragged into a national story. So was it a good trip or, you know, just sort of okay? No, it was a good trip. It was. You know, it's 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 different going to Vegas with, with young children. Um but you know, everything was still fun and then going to Sedona was did a good get, time. Did you get to gamble any? Yeah, yeah, so I did go gambling and then the next day there was an article created about how I'm misusing funds. By gambling? Yeah, someone took a picture of me and John Marvin in the casino. You're kidding me. Uh-uh. What a fucking... You Are you kidding me? No. How do they recognize no. you? Man, I guess... But, I mean, I'm a national figure, I think. I guess you're going to have to wear a hat and shit when you go places. In other calls, Murdoch spoke about his late son Paul's ADHD and lamented waiting so long to get him treatment. He asked several relatives to make sure flowers are placed on Maggie and Paul's graves for Paul's birthday in April and Mother's Day in May. And Murdoch checked in with his sister about their mother, who suffers from memory issues and wonders why her son doesn't come to visit anymore. I am Glenn Smith from The Post and Courier. That's all for now. As always, stay tuned with The Post and Courier for the latest updates in this case. You can follow along at postandcourier.com slash Murdoch hyphen updates. Follow us on Twitter at Post and Courier, and we encourage you to send questions, feedback, and tips to our Murdoch email address. That's Murdoch at postandcourier.com. We'll see you next time.